0: Welcome to Ohanga. My name is Maggie, and today we'll be speaking with Kelly. All right, Kelly, what kind of art do you do?
1: I'm a bookbinder and conservator of rare and antique books and paper documents. Wow,
0: that's awesome. And how did you get involved with that? Take us back to your childhood. Are there hints of, you know, the job you would pursue back when you were younger?
1: <laughs> no. <Huh. laughs> um, I was an avid reader as a child, but I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. And so I went to college for education. I'm actually certified to teach in the state of Rhode Island for um, first through sixth grade. But then I had my children uh, and I said, I want to do something with books. I don't want to read books as my job. That kind of takes the fun out of it for me, but... I do want to do something with books. And I saw a video online of medieval style bookbinding. And I was, that's, you get that light bulb moment. And I had that light bulb. and I was like, oh my God, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Wow. So this, how recent was this? Um, I had the light bulb moment probably... My daughter is seven, so probably about four years ago when I was getting ready to put her into preschool and kind of going, okay, I need to do something with my life. I'm not um, permanent stay-at-home mom material. I get bored very easily, so I need to do something. Yeah. And um, so probably about four years ago, I had the idea. And then three years ago, Rarities kind of formed... And then from there, as it's just kind of kept going as I've continued my education in bookbinding and selling and conservation, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Okay, so you went. You had to take courses for this, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So what did right. ab- what did that look like? Um. Well, it's hard <laughs> finding bookbinding courses. Of course, uh, we are very lucky living in New England that there tends to be more craftsmanship classes uh, and history lovers up here. So I ended up being able to find um, beginners classes out in New Haven, Connecticut at the Creative Arts Workshop, which is, um, it works kind of with Yale, but they're also kind of their own art school. Um, And I started taking continuing ed classes there And then I found the North Bennett street school up in Boston and they are a school of craftsmanship and they offer degree programs in bookbinding and um, violin restoration, cabinet making, all sorts of craftsman style um, jobs. And I couldn't do the full-time program. I still can't just it's with two kids and with it being up in Boston and it's a little expensive um but they do offer continuing ed classes so i started with those um i continue to take them not right now because of corona but i i do continue to take them as i can too
0: okay awesome all right well let's go a little bit further back to your childhood you said you were an avid reader how did that
1: start my mom oh <laughs> she was always always reading always reading. I don't think I've ever seen her not reading in her downtime, ever. <laughs> wow. And I'm 34. So <laughs> yeah, so really, really from my mom.
0: Okay. Wow. And did she read to you when you were younger? How did you
1: get involved in that hobby? No. Uh, well, I'm sure she did. <laughs> but that that I remember, um, Okay. I think a lot of it was because I would be with her at bookstores and the library, I started to just kind of pick up books too, seeing her read. I wanted to read. I'm also an only child. So, you know, it was one of those what mom is doing, what dad is doing. I want to do it too. Yeah. And, um, so I just started picking up books and reading. And then my parents noticed that I was just a, a quick reader. Or I picked up quickly and I was reading, you know, ahead of grade level, et cetera, et cetera. And so they would just continue to Get me whatever books I desired.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. And what was it about books that drew you in so much when you were young?
1: I think for me, it's evolved over time. I think as a kid, it was a form of escapism. Um, I was bullied in elementary school, middle, and high school. Um, Middle school probably being the worst of it. But the books kind of gave me a place to go to get away from it all. You know, mm-hmm. I had two or three friends here or there, but even still, it was more of, I just prefer or preferred to be on my own and do my thing. And reading was a way to do that. Didn't matter if it was inside or outside. It That's just, you know, it was yeah. kind of my thing. And then as an adult, it kind of morphed into... It's kind of hard to explain as an adult because, in some ways, it is still an escape, but in an escape from the busy, from just you know, kids have distant learning right now or school and they have scouts and they have this and the house needs that, etc. etc. So, it's kind of one of those things where let me take a breather and let me just be, and there's a comfort in in the the physical book, I think that just helps ground you and helps you realize, okay, just take a minute and just be and just enjoy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And was there a particular genre that you you loved more than others, but both when you were younger and right now?
1: No, Um, I read just about everything and anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I love science fiction. Um, I love classics. I love trashy romance. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, I love anything really. I mean, looking at this to be red pile I have over here. I have, you know, I have a couple of books on the Mayflower. I have a couple of books about Tolkien and his writing style. I have some Anne Rice over here. I've got some books about maps and Uh, and how maps changed the world and a little bit of everything
0: okay awesome and uh just a side detail so were you
1: born and raised in Rhode Island I was yeah I was um born and raised in downtown Bristol so in the historic district of Bristol um Mm -hmm. my mom always worked at private schools and my dad was a um, master carpenter who specialized in historic home renovations.
0: Okay. So I kind of see a connection between, <laughs> you know, book restoration and <laughs> and what your dad does. Do you think did that play any role in the decisions? Oh, you made?
1: my God. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And our, our neighbor when I was growing up was actually my godmother who is from Wales and owned an and a british antique shop and tea restaurant wow <laughs> so i kind of grew up around antiques and things of
0: old so it's kind of in your blood oh yeah oh wow yeah. that's so cool you know my um i really relate to that because my mom was an archaeologist she's retired now um and I just like I've kind of taken that from her and I studied history and and I love that yeah and she's also um I love Lord of the Rings and she would love (laughs) Lord of the Rings and she was younger so she passed that on to me as well
1: yeah yeah I I have in my library at home here I have a uh I have a full token shelf (laughs) all the token books amazing (laughs) I have an Austin shelf I have a Steinbeck shelf I've got, yeah, I've got a few specified areas in there. Yeah, that's
0: amazing. And so where did teaching emerge from your love of reading?
1: I think at the time it was one of those, hey, you are really good with all your younger cousins. I'm, I'm the eldest out of six cousins on my mom's side. Okay. But I'm the eldest of them by four years. And... So I think it came along the lines of, you're really good with younger kids. You're, you're really good at engaging them and blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, oh, I should be a teacher. Okay. Never really, uh, this really what I want to do kind of thing. It was more of uh, this is what you're good at. So this is what you should do. And so I kind of just went with the flow.
0: Okay. And where did you go to college to pursue that?
1: Um, I actually went to college down in Florida. I went to Florida Atlantic University.
0: Okay. Cool. And then what happened after graduation?
1: I went down to Florida for college because um, when I graduated high school, my parents bought a house down there and decided to move down there. And so I went with them, leaving my boyfriend, who is now my husband, up oh, here. Wow. And we did the long distance thing for almost a full four years. I finished college a semester early because I hate Florida, heat, (laughs) I hate the humidity, (laughs) I can't do it, (laughs) and I um, basically didn't even go to my graduation, instead, my my husband, he was my fiance at the time, flew down, and he and my parents and I all went on a cruise to celebrate that I was done with college, and then about two weeks after that, I... Came right back up here, and then six months later, we got married. <laughs> wow, what a whirlwind! <laughs>
0: yeah. So, are your parents still in Florida? Yeah, they are. Okay. Wow.
1: They cool. like the heat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, did you
1: teach for a while before you before you had kids? I did. I did. I was a um, substitute teacher in Florida while I was working on my degree, and then when I came up here. I was a substitute um, for the town of Bristol and I worked for their childcare program um, called Cozy. And I worked at their before and after school daycare. Okay, so, awesome. And I started while I was doing that prior to having children, I actually started my master's degree at Roger Williams University for um, literacy education.
0: Oh, cool.
1: And then I got pregnant with my son and I said, nope, all done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) So then you, you had your, your lightning moment when you saw the, the medieval book binding and then you Mm -hmm. started taking classes. So what was, did you immediately know that you wanted to turn this into a business or was it more an interest you started pursuing that turned into rarities binding?
1: Um, I think at first it was an interest that I was kind of like oh I really want to learn how to do that and then figure something out to do with that okay um and and it's it's funny my my husband and I have been together 18 years now and so three years ago when it was 15 years he's looking at me and I'm like watch this video watch this video and He's watching it and he's like, okay, that's really cool. And I looked at him and I went, I want to do that. He's like, what do you mean you want to do that? And I was like, I want to do something like that for my life. And he's like, where are you going to learn how to do that? <laughs> and I'm looking at him and I'm like, silly man, you should know after 15 years, that if you say something like that to me, I'm going to figure it out. You're going to want to do it even more. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I figured it out and it started out really kind of just learning the basics of it and how to really get it started. And then I was like, God, this is something that I could definitely offer as a job. And I started doing vendor events, selling my handcrafted journals.
0: So did you start, sorry, you started crafting the journals before you started restoring books? Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. And then as I was crafting the journals and starting to sell those at events, I started taking the conservation classes up in Boston and that's when I was like kind of like okay this is a very it's a very niche clientele and it's very much a to steal a line from the princess bride a mostly (laughs) dead not completely dead mostly dead art form yeah um that is starting to make a comeback and I was kind of like I I want to be a part of this comeback there there is history in the book that regardless of there being ebooks and and scanning of old documents and old books to preserve them and whatnot, there, there's still history in the book itself that needs to be saved and preserved. And I really want to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. So, I know, second word.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's, <laughs> it, it makes me think of um, my mom. I mean, through archaeology she was mostly digging in the dirt so not handling ancient documents as much but she told me that once she I forget how she came about it but um she was working with a manuscript that had little cat like ink prints across the pages and just like when she saw that she had that moment of connection of like wow cats 500 years ago were exactly the same as cats now just like getting in your way
1: all the time still getting in our way (laughs) there's one sitting right across from me bathing herself right now
0: Oh, so how did you start um, with the book restoration, you know, like actually restoring books given to you? What was that first book like?
1: Thankfully, the first ones were all friends and family who were kind of like, if you screw up, you screw up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the first paid job that I got it it was exhilarating and it was terrifying. It was I'm exhilarating. Sure. Yeah, it was exhilarating because it's like, okay, this is this is the real deal. I'm I'm being paid to preserve this this family history. And then it was terrifying because it was, oh my God, I if I screw this up, this family history could <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully I I did not screw it up they loved it and knock on wood to this day everybody has every job has been extremely successful um but it's even now three years later it's both exhilarating and terrifying anytime a new a new job comes in not doesn't really matter how old or not old it is it's just you're handling somebody's history you're handling somebody's past life generations and it's it's precious regardless of if it's monetarily valuable or not it is a precious thing
0: absolutely and so so when you started making your journals were you just working out of your house
1: yeah so we had a finished basement that it was originally the um playroom for our kids and then it kind of partially flooded and so we ripped all the carpeting out and moved all the toys up into the living room and so it was just a concrete floor and I remember going down there and looking and being like this could work (laughs) this could be mine now yeah and my husband kind of looking at me going you want to do what (laughs) (laughs) so I did I took it over I was like nope this is gonna be my space I I was working on my aunt's um antique sewing machine table that still had the Singer sewing machine in it, too. Wow. And it was just not big enough. It was in the living room. I had no space. I had no storage. I was like, no, I'm moving downstairs. And um, I ended up building myself my huge workbench, which is in my new space now. I ended up dismantling it and taking it with me. And so I, I started working at home in the basement. And then the 20 towards the end of 2019, Um, I started getting a lot more requests for conservation work more so than the journals. And I was kind of like, you know, it's, I can't bring clients into my house. It's, it's my house. My kids are here. It's just, it's weird. I don't want to do that, (laughs) but I'm, I we live in the woods for a reason. So I don't really want to bring people here, but I need a space where I can start meeting people. And Mm -hmm. my cousin, who is a fiber artist, okay. um, had a studio in the mill at Shady Lee, where I would set my tables up in her studio when they would have their open studios at Christmas. And I would do really well there. So I asked the owner of the mill to put me on a wait list for space. And like two weeks later, she's like, hey, I got the space you would have to share it with somebody but do you want to take a look at it and I'm like all right yeah I'll I'll go take a look yeah I don't care if I have to share it that's fine and I went and looked and it was the the windows were just they are spectacular I mean it's a it's (laughs) almost 200 year old mill wow so these windows are just massive and they're overlooking the creek that ran the mill and it was just and I'm facetiming with my mom (laughs) showing her everything Aww. like well what do you think I'm like I don't know she goes what do you mean you don't know don't be stupid what are you waiting for <laughs> I'm like, <"Okay>, mom. <laughs> so I ended up signing on to it and then the gentleman I was sharing with ended up moving into um, a different studio and so that side was empty and the owner of the mill was trying to find somebody to move in and my cousin, the fiber artist was like, hey Kel, how about I move in and we make it a shared space? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so now we have um, what we call, just we call it Studio 201 Rhode Island, Studio 201 RI. And it's myself with Rarities, Books and Bindery. It's Kate O'Donovan with Dragonfly Fiber Arts Studio and our friend Ashley of um, Nouveau Fiber Arts, and it's just these three women now doing these historic jobs.
0: <laughs> yeah, wow, that's so cool. Awesome, and and so, okay, so you're still there. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know it was a, like, like hundreds of year old building. I'd heard of the building before because Madis- you know, Madison also works there and, and, and a bunch of other artists, but
1: wow, uh, that's cool. I believe it's actually 199 this year. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, And pretty conducive to the kind of work you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very conducive to that work. Um, you know, it's got no working elevator, really old narrow staircases, the really Perfect. old Bark wood oiled floors with the high high beams and um, is there any person in particular
0: that has influenced your artistic pursuit? I know we mentioned your mom with reading, your your dad with with his work, but is there anyone else that you think would be
1: worthy of mentioning? Definitely my husband. He's just he's incredibly supportive. I mean, three quarters of the time he looks at me like I'm absolutely insane. <laughs> um, and three quarters of the time, I am absolutely insane. He's the he's the quiet, analytical, logical one in the relationship, and I'm the one going, you know, woohoo, let's go do it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's my rock. He's always had my back, and and he continues to have my back. You know, when COVID hit, I was only in the mill for three months. And I had to close because my kids were distant learning. Yeah. I don't have to stay closed until June. And then even then it was very limited hours because of my, because my husband's hours and he's the breadwinner. So it's more important, obviously, especially with kids in a house. And, um, but he was still like, no, you still got this. Keep pushing, keep going. And then at the end of the year, when, my mom was helping me um, go over the finances of the business, and we saw that you know I did pretty well for a first year during a pandemic. I was kind of like, "All right, he's he was onto something. I got to just keep going." Maybe
0: he's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe my you know logical analytic businessman of a husband is on. <laughs> <laughs> i should listen
0: yeah yeah sometimes we gotta listen to the men too (laughs) yeah yeah besides the pandemic which obviously was a huge you know difficulty for all businesses across the board what were some particular obstacles you've had to
1: face in the pursuit of your art well first of all finding the classes to take um like i said it is a mostly dead art form um so, schools that, that specialize in this are few and far between. You know, there's, there's North Bennett Street in Boston, and there's one, there's a school of bookbinding out in uh, Denver and one in California. Oh, wow. And then there's a rare book school down in Virginia. And that's about it, really. Um, I mean, RISD offers classes in it but it's part of their art program and I'm I did the college thing I have my degree I I really kind of didn't want to do it again um it's expensive you know the the tools are hard to find in America a lot of a lot of book finding and conservation it's it's big in Europe especially in the UK. So a lot of tools are in the UK, but a lot of tools weigh hundreds of oh pounds. Goodness. So not and easy to ship. Yeah, not easy to ship. I mean, I have one press book press that I was lucky to find at an estate sale in Connecticut that <laughs> it's it's so heavy. I I drive a Toyota 4Runner just capable of pulling heavy things and we loaded this press into the back of it and the whole back end just went down oh my gosh it was easily 200 to 250 pounds and I had to take it apart with um one of the men who helps maintain the mill and we had to carry it up in two pieces and even in two pieces it took both of us to carry each piece wow the and these things are are few and far between to find so when you find them you got to kind of jump on them and they can be expensive because of that especially in the states um supplies in general you know it's tough finding a lot of them that are good quality you need very specific quality items for restoration work you know you need things that that are made a specific way that are acid-free, lignin free all these things so that you don't further damage what you're working on over time. And then just the pandemic in general. Um, You know, like I said, my kids, I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. They, March of 2020, they started Distant Learning. And that was right when I opened pretty much. So I had to be home because at that point it was... You know, you have to sit down and make sure they're doing their work and and help them with their work. Thankfully, this year, their teachers are actually Zooming with them. So I've been able to get a lot of the um, online work done while they're doing school at home and escape to my studio in the afternoons when my husband's meetings are done and he's working and and they're doing their thing and it's been fine but that first little bit it was really tough
0: yeah as a partner well what is the ultimate goal for your business what do you want it to be or to mean both for yourself and also for your customers
1: you know i don't i don't think i really have an ultimate goal i don't i don't see this being something that my kids you know when I'm in my 80s or 90s that my kids would be like don't worry mom I'll take it over for you yeah and I don't expect that of them at all my son is hugely fascinated with NASA and he's amazing at doing engineering projects I want to see him do that and my daughter is all over the map (laughs) I don't even know what's going on with her (laughs) (laughs) So it's not something that I do see lasting forever, though it would be wonderful if it did. Um, I do want to get more into the book selling world. And um, uh, I'm, I'm very lucky in that Alison Goodsell, who owns the um, the rare bookstore in Kingston Hill has taken me under her wing recently as her manager. Um, to teach me everything i need to know about book selling so that one day when when you know she's ready to be done and rarities is continuing to go i can kind of continue both of our her legacy and what i'm doing as well um but i i think honestly i just i'd like to start in the book selling more getting books out to the people who enjoy them and the people who like reading a physical copy and who understand that a physical copy still is important in this day. And and I'd like the conservation side to get out there more too and for people to realize that, you know, a book might not have monetary value, but if it was your great 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 grandfather's, that sentimental value is there and that family history is there and it is worth it to save it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you think is important for us to know about your story?
1: My hours are always kind of changing at the studio. Uh, it's not by appointment only anymore. Um, you can still go onto the website, raritiesonline.com and request an appointment. That's absolutely fine, but it is also just drop into, um, but like I said, just you keep know, a look on the website and on the Facebook and Instagram for hours because my kids are going back to school full time. <laughs> Woo, happy day. <laughs> um, so my hours will be changing because I, I will be able to offer more hours now and things like that. But you know, we always bring a mask. I got hand sanitizer. We have a giant comfy couch in there and lots of wingback chairs in there and books and yarn out the wazoo so you can tea and coffee come and sit and read and I should hopefully by the end of April be offering classes again wow oh I didn't classes in book conservation in book, in book binding book binding okay. um, yeah. I started it in March I got two classes going and then Karina hit again but yeah um there'll be a basic book binding class and there will be a leather book binding class where the basic one you will learn um you know how how to make the pages how to tear the paper how to sew um pamphlets and um, pamphlet stitches the leather one You'll learn how to sew the leather long journals that I sell all over the place and that will be at Ohanga's store in Newport. Um, and the people who come to the classes, the basic class, you walk away with about four or five notebooks. And the leather class, you'll walk away with your own leather journal that you've made. That's
0: awesome. Great. I yeah,
1: know you'll sign so nice. <laughs> up
0: oh my god i'm already trying to calculate when is the next time i'll be in rhode island yeah i'll make it
1: work work for
0: you oh thanks (laughs) awesome and last but not least what do you call yourself like in terms of your business um because let me explain why i'm asking this random question um the first line of every story is usually my name is Blah blah blah, and I am a. We have you know, oil painters and ceramicists and stuff like that. So, is there any term that you think encompasses your your career? Uh,
1: yeah, I I am a bookbinder. A bookbinder. Okay, awesome. I'm a bookbinder. Bookbinder kind of encompasses the making, the restoring, the preserving. Okay. The whole shebang.
0: Awesome.
1: all right <laughs>